It is 1045 on January 12th. I'm Devin. Welcome to DS Sports Podcast. Um, we're going to talk about a lot today from what's going on in the NBA to what happened with the NFL wildcard wild games this weekend and what happened with the College Football National Championship. I'm also around the end of the show um, going to go through before draft season starts up in the next couple of weeks my evaluations of all the first round quarterback prospects since 2010. So I won't go in depth on every one, but I'll just touch on each one uh, from one through third through 40. There were 40. So uh, a lot of fun stuff to get to. Starting out, let's talk about what's going on in the NBA right now. I'm actually really worried. Started out um, this weekend, I was reading some reports, or it might have been last Friday, about uh, the 76ers having COVID issues. They had only seven players healthy for a game with the Nuggets. And Doc Rivers came out and said they shouldn't play because they just didn't have enough players to play in the game. Um, and they ended up they ended up playing the game. Tyrese Maxey had like 39 points or something like that. Uh, but then a bunch of other games started getting canceled. Uh, the Thunder and Rockets game got postponed way earlier in the season. But the Celtics Heat game got postponed this weekend and the Mavericks Pelicans game. And then since then, a bunch of games have gotten canceled early in the week. Um, the league met today this morning to discuss new health and safety protocols and i'll talk about a little bit of those but the nba may have some issues the season might actually be in jeopardy um when they met today from what i read this morning uh they're basically trying to make regional bubbles with these teams or your team your team is supposed to be your bubble uh, from what I read, uh, if you have a home game, you're supposed to stay at your house and not go out. Uh, if you have a away game, you're supposed to stay in the hotel and not go out. And then on the court, they have a bunch of new rules, which didn't really make sense to me. Um, the players have to be wearing their mask on the bench, which most of them were, but, uh, Pre and post game, the only way the players can socialize is um, elbow bumps and stay, staying six feet apart, which I don't really get because if the players are going to be on the court, it doesn't, I don't know what it accomplishes. During, if they're going to be on the court during the game, I don't know what it accomplishes to uh, social, dis, social distance uh, before and after a game. Uh, I, I'm worried because the NFL did not have games getting postponed over and over and over again within like the span of a week and their season ended up going on fine, a few hiccups, but ultimately it was a real success, but the NBA, you only have 15, 13 to 15 players on a roster. And so a couple of guys get it and you're out of commission. Um, a few things I think they could do uh, to fix the issue 
Um, obviously, one thing would be just getting everybody in the league vaccinated, but I don't know how um, ethical that is. Obviously, there's um, older older people and healthcare professionals and people who aren't in the entertainment industry that um, need the vaccinations first. So I'm not sure how realistic of a um, solution that is. I was also thinking maybe teams could uh, bring their G League rosters and basically have them as a reserve team. Um, but asking those groups of players, however many players are on the G League roster, to quarantine and basically allow yourself to be a reserve for that long. I don't know how well that would work. But then there's also the idea of creating four or five actual bubbles like you had in Orlando where the players are staying in for a season. And, of course, players could opt out and stuff, but I'm not sure how the season's going to go on if everybody's just completely spread apart like this um, unless – the pandemic goes away, which I don't think it will be gone before the end of the season. So that's just a few solutions, but the NBA has a real problem on their hands, and I'm not sure exactly how to fix it. It's just uh, something that's worrying me. On to something a little bit more fun. NFL wildcard weekend was kind of amazing. It's just I'm excited to have playoffs back um, and watching some great football. Uh, we had some fun games, starting out with the Bills at versus the Colts on Saturday. Bills won 27-24. I predicted a score of 30-23, to 23, so I was pretty close. Uh, uh, Josh Allen had a heck of a game. He played great. Uh, Rivers played better than I expected, but their offense still lacks that explosiveness you need to play against these really good playoff offenses. Allen was elite throwing downfield. He made a bunch of plays with his legs. And Stephon Diggs was able to find holes in um, the Colts' zone defense multiple times. Uh, he destroyed TJ Carey once uh, in man coverage deep for a touchdown and they they really had no the Colts really had no real answer for him near team got a pass rush which is what we expected with two pretty good offensive lines so I mean the Bills came out and did what we expected them to do uh, it got a little bit out of hand at the end with the Colts almost making a comeback attempt but they had it Rams Seahawks the Rams want Rams had the upset 30 to 20. I predicted the Seahawks to win uh 34 to 21, I believe. Uh John Walford exits early. Oh, I I predicted um the Ram the Seahawks to win 24 to 21. John Walford exits early. Uh but so you think they've been practicing with Walford all week. He's a starter for that game so it should be even easier for Seahawks to win no Russell Wilson has one of the worst games I've ever seen him play um the Rams defense played amazing golf didn't do anything special um he wasn't he wasn't good he wasn't really really bad he was just kind of there um 
but the Seahawks defense was its usual rough self. Um, both teams were able to run the ball, but Cam Akers was able to be dominant in the running game. He had 131 yards and a touchdown, which kind of put the Rams over the edge. Also, the Rams' pass rush was getting there. Um, they sacked Russell Wilson five times. Uh, Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd both had two sacks apiece. Cooper Cup made plays for Rams offense, and it was—I mean—it ended up just being enough to beat a um, Seahawks offense that wasn't having its best day. Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus Washington Football Team. Uh, Buccaneers won thirty-one to twenty-three. I predicted thirty-one seventeen, so that's pretty close. Uh, Heineke played better than I expected. The stats don't show it, but go back and watch it. He had a great game. Um, I don't know how much of that is just the lack of film that the Buccaneers had on Heineke, but kudos to him. He he may he at least earned himself a backup job next year. Um, it might sound weird, but the whole time the whole game, I was thinking Tampa Bay's offense can be better than what it what it did. Um, they had five hundred and seven yards. Their three receivers all played well. Brady played great. Um, they averaged seven yards per play, but I think it could be better. I mean, Chris Godwin had five drops. Think about if he doesn't drop those five passes, how dominant their offense is against a really good Washington defense. Their upside is immense. Uh, Washington couldn't stop their weapons. Evans had a game. Brait had a game. Uh, Godwin played really well. Brown did what uh, Antonio Brown looked like Antonio Brown. Um, and Learn Fournette had a really good game, which surprised me. Uh, the football, Washington just dis, d- did not have the firepower to match. Uh, even with Cam Sims and Terry McLaurin having pretty good games, um, it's just not enough. Uh, they were able to sack Brady three times, but again, the uh, the Buccaneers didn't even have to play their best, and they they still just had too much firepower for them. Uh, the Ravens played the Titans on Sunday at one. Ravens won twenty to thirteen. I predicted Titans thirty to twenty four, and then this game was way lower scoring than I thought it would be. Uh, at the beginning of the game, first quarter, A.J. Brown is bullying Marlon Humphrey uh, downfield in one-on-one situations. Marlon Humphrey is one of the best corners in the NFL, and A.J. Brown was making him look like he was a high schooler or something. Um, early fast start for the Titans. I thought they've got this in the bag. But the Ravens turned it around. Lamar had a pretty good game. Uh, he went 17 of 24, 179 passing yards and a touchdown. He also had pick. Um, he also, he carried the ball 16 times for 136 yards and a touchdown. And that's really what had their offense going. That interception that he threw in the first quarter, one of the worst ducks I've ever seen thrown downfield. But they had a really good running game, and he was a big part of that. Uh, Passing, though, it was like Jimmy Garoppolo last year. He didn't make a lot of mistakes. He did have the one big mistake, but he kind of just was fine. He was there. Um, 
but they only put they only end up putting up 20 points uh you're gonna have to put up more in that you're gonna have to be better than that to beat a team like the bills i mean most weeks you're gonna have to be better than that to beat beat the titans uh derrick henry only averaged two yards a carry he just didn't really show up the the titans offense in general didn't show up and if they did if they even put up 21 <laughs> i mean they usually put up around 30 a week but you put up three touchdowns and you win the game. Um, so I will say the Ravens got a little bit lucky in this game. Uh, Marquise Brown was electric. He even had uh, one really nice tough catch one-on-one uh, -on -one downfield, which is good news for the Ravens because if their outside weapons can play like that, um, it actually gives them passing upside in their offense. <laughs> but on to the next game, the Nickelodeon game. Saints beat the Bears 21 to 9. I predicted uh Saints to win 33 to 16. Overestimated both offenses. Uh the Bears had no running game thanks to the Saints D-line. Uh Michael Thomas and Madden superstar Deontay Harris were making uh plays in the passing game over the middle all the whole game. Uh and it proved to be too much for Bears uh Javon Wims may not ever play for the Bears uh, again. He had a horrible game. Um, Trubisky doesn't make a lot of good plays, but they did this trick play where he lined up at receiver. Uh, they threw the they threw a screen pass to him, and he throws it downfield to the end zone. Beautiful ball. Javon Wims just drops it. It was horrible. Uh, Saints played really good coverage in third down situations, which made Trubisky uncomfortable uh but their offense was not at its best today uh or on Sunday 63 percent of Drew Brees passing yards came after a catch he didn't play bad but he's got to do a little bit more they they are gonna have to answer some questions if they want to keep up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next this weekend um which we'll get to in a few minutes uh, Browns Steelers Browns this is my pick of the week Browns win 48-37 I predicted them to win 30-14 to <sighs> gotta be honest I turned it off after they're up 28-0 in the first quarter uh, Kevin Stefanski was out didn't matter that much uh, offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt did a great job uh, watching that game Ben Roethlisberger's done he's I mean his he those four interceptions uh the way he's played all year he just he doesn't have it anymore uh the arm strength's not there the movement is not there um doesn't make great decisions anymore he's just he's at, he's he's old and sad to see a legend go but i think his time and the league is over um baker mayfield had an elite game it was a game managing game but he he didn't make a bunch of big throws but he played mistake free football which is what the browns are going to need from him the steelers could not cover jarvis landry they couldn't cover nick chubb nick chubb had a great game running and receiving um steelers didn't get a single sack against a really good browns o-line um the browns are my team for the rest of the playoffs i know they're i mean they're gonna lose this week against the Chiefs, most likely, but 
it's, I, I love these guys. Uh, in the press conference after a game, Baker turns his hat around. If anybody watches Colin Cowherd, he always makes fun of uh, quarterbacks for being backwards hat kind of guys, says he doesn't want a backwards hat quarterback. Baker says, well, I just want a playoff game with the Cleveland Browns. I'll turn my hat backwards if I want to. So that was the wild card round. I have to update my divisional round predictions um, because it didn't go exactly as I thought. Uh, so this weekend we do have Rams Packers. Um, Aaron Rodgers is the healthy QB and he's the better QB. I do not, I don't think Aaron Donald will make as much of an impact on the game, especially how with how good um, the in, the interior of the Packers O line is with. Um, Corey Lindsley and Elton Jenkins. Um, I expect a lot of running from both teams, especially with how Akers played. Um, and I expect Cooper Cup to have a pretty good game. But outside of that, like I think the Rams will be able to run the ball. Cooper Cup will play well. Outside of that, their offense isn't going to do much. Um, I think Rodgers is just going to make the plays to win against a tough defense. Uh, maybe a game-winning drive, drive at the end. And, what figures to be a defensive game. So I'm going to pick the Packers still to win 24 to 21. Uh, Ravens bills. Maybe it, it might be a very similar game to uh, the Packers and Rams. I expect both the teams again, to run the ball. Well, more with the quarterback in this game than uh, Packers Rams, but I don't expect Diggs to completely torch uh the Ravens like the Colt like he did the Colts. Um because you're just not gonna continuously do that. Um but again, I think the better quarterback is gonna make the plays to win. Lamar's just not gonna keep up with be able to keep up with his arm. He only put up twenty points this week. Um so I'm picking the Bills to win twenty eight to twenty one. We've got Browns Chiefs. I'm not going to do a big preview of that. Um, I already talked about it last week. Travis Kelsey should go off. Um, Chiefs should win as long as Patrick Mahomes outplays Baker, which we would assume he does. So I'm picking the Chiefs to win 28 to 21. Um, Buccaneers versus Saints. Saints won both games against the Buccaneers this season. Brady is the better quarterback than Breeze, but I expect the Saints to take an early lead in the game, be able to run the ball consistently with Kamara against a okay Buccaneers run defense. I don't believe it's the best in the league or even or elite or anything like that. Um, Saints have a lot of playmakers on defense that can that are going to be able to handle the Bucs receivers a little bit better. Um, I also think they're one of the only teams that's going to be able to get pressure on Brady in the playoffs with this D line. Saints should the Saints should be able to attack the middle of the Buccaneers defense, and I think it's just they're just going to have enough. It may not be as lopsided as the last matchup between these two teams was, but I pick I'm picking the Saints to win thirty to twenty three. So that does give me a different a different conference championship in the nfc we'll have saints uh packers um i'm still expecting the packers to win saints aren't going to be able to make those plays over the middle that they have to depend on with breeze's arm 
that they could against the Buccaneers and against um, the Bears. The Bears. Um, so I'm picking Green Bay to win NFC 30 to 23. Okay. College football national championship was last night. Alabama won 52 to 24. It was pretty simple what happened in this game. Alabama was a better team. Yes, um, of course. But Ohio State, they didn't convert on opportunities. Um, they had opportunities to stay in the game, and they just didn't take advantage of them. Devontae Smith dominated in the first half. He had 215 yards and three touchdowns. They could not stop him. Um, and they also they kept running the same stuff. It was either cover three or cover one the whole game. Um, they couldn't cover John Matchy. They couldn't cover Najee Harris out of the backfield. It it was just ugly on defense. Um, Ohio State's offense didn't play bad. They ran and threw the ball well, but they it just wasn't enough. Um, they didn't exploit Bama's defense as well. I don't think they ran the ball enough. And I don't think they used their tight ends enough. Um. Ohio State may they might have had more success if they had just played like too high coverage against Bama instead of trying to get get giving all these one on ones to receivers by playing one high safety. <laughs> the Alabama Crimson Tide national champions they deserve it. One of the best teams we've seen in college football over the past couple of years. Um. It's going to be completely different next year. Who knows who's going to be in there? Uh, all four of the is I don't know how unprecedented this is, but all four of the quarterbacks in a college football playoff are going to be in the NFL next year. So, or Ian Book might not, but they won't be at college. Okay, and the next thing I have is. Uh, Texans offense offseason preview, and then we're going to get to the uh, quarterback prospects. Texans, it's simple. You already gave the enemy the foot out the door. You don't want to uh, interview him or whatever, um, or he doesn't want to interview with you. Maybe that's not going to happen. Um, hire Joe Brady, if you can, from the Carolina Panthers. Focus on fixing the relationship with Deshaun Watson. This team isn't that far off. They were in the playoffs just a year before and up 10 points on the Kansas City Chiefs. You have a bunch of young talent on offense with Deshaun Watson, uh, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, Kiki Q's, a nice piece, um, and Laramie Tunzel. Your main priority this offseason has to be fixing your cap space situation. Right now, you have negative $18 million in cap space. So I'm going to fix that for you. First, we're going to cut David Johnson. Bye. That's $7 million. Uh, cut Bernard Drake McKinney. Another $7 million you save. Cut Duke Johnson. That's $5 million. Cut punter Brian Anger. $2 million. Josh McCallum. $1 million. Uh, the guard, Kelamente. That saves you another $2 million. Cut Darren Fells and Jordan Aikens. They're replaceable tight ends, $2 million apiece. Uh, and cut Brandon Dunn. You need to trade Whitney Merciless. He was horrible this year. Get a sixth-round pick, a seventh-round pick. You'll save $8 million in that trade. Um, you can restructure 
Zach Cunningham's contract, that'll save you $6 million. Restructure Laramie Tunzel's contract, that'll save you $10 million. Um, and then you can also restructure um, Martin's contract, which will save you $3 million. Extend J.J. Watt, and that's another $13 million. That gives you $38 million to work with cap space-wise this offseason. We're not going to use all of that, but it puts you in a good situation. Resign Will Fuller. That's number one priority. It's going to cost you big time, probably about $18 million a year, close to twenty. But you got to do it. You got to have that number one option. Um, I think you should bring back Gary on Conley on a deal around $2 million, $1 million, or another borderline starter uh, corner. And you got to let this defense develop. You spent a lot on it. You drafted Ross Blacklock last year, a promising defensive tackle. Um, you spent picks on Jacob Martin and Jonathan Greenard. Uh, Grenard. You got Justin Reed in the back on the back end. You got to give these times time these guys time to develop. I say sign Keanu Neal, the strong safety out of Fal- uh, for Falcons for about $5 million a year and then save the rest of that money. You only have one pick in the first two days of the draft. Um, I'm going to say use that on offensive lineman, Tevin Jenkins, Walker Little, uh, Trey Smith, one of those three guys, uh, to compete with Titus Howard for that right tackle spot, and then whoever loses the job moves in the right guard. I'm expecting positive regression. If you have Watson uh, for next year, you should be in the playoff mix. Um, you were, you've been in the playoffs the past couple of years with Watson. You just need a little bit better defense. You need your offense to play better. But you just need to fix the culture and have a decent coach, and you should be fine. Um, and over the next few years, you need to focus a lot on getting this defense better. But this is probably the best you can do. This is probably the best case scenario for Texans this offseason. <laughs> okay, now let's go through. Me and my friends were talking about it, so I thought this would be a great uh, piece of content for a podcast. I'm going to rank all 40 quarterbacks from t- that have been drafted in the first round since 2010. These are not how good their careers turned out, but if I was scouting them, what my evaluation of them would, would have been um, at the time they came out. Uh, for some of these guys, the 2011, 2010 guys, I had to really go back and look because I was 10, 11 years old, so I wasn't scouting these guys. I wasn't paying attention to them. Um, but I put them where I think I probably would have had them ranked at the time. So let's get right into it. Uh, at number 40, sorry, Packers fans, I have Jordan Love, um, your first-round pick last year. Did not see him as a first-round pick at all, maybe a third-round pick. Um, He has a great arm, but he couldn't read a defense in college. He was horrible under pressure, throws duck after duck after duck. He forces balls, turnover issues. It it is just ugly. He he should not be a pick in the first round. Maybe he works out. He does have some talent. He's learning under Aaron Rodgers, so he has a chance, but I did not like him coming out of school. Number 39, 
2019 sixth overall pick, Daniel Jones. The only things I liked about him coming out of school, decent accuracy, tall, and he's a tall quarterback. So decision-making was bad. Timing was bad. Injury, he had injury issues in college. Um, he was horrible under pressure, and he had turnover issues. He's not a first-round quarterback. At number 38, I have Paxton Lynch. Only things I like, quick release, good size. Uh, his accuracy was probably the worst we've seen in the past 10 years coming out of uh, school, or at least one of the worst of the guys who were drafted in the first round. He's also playing in this easy system where he's throwing a bunch of screen passes, and he's not he's hardly throwing anything more than 10 yards downfield uh, in Justin Fuente's uh, offense at Memphis, who is now the Virginia Tech head coach. Uh, number 37, I have Brandon Whedon, the 29-year-old uh, who got drafted in the first round of Oklahoma State in um, 2011 or 2011 or 2012. Uh, He had a good arm, quick release, accurate, but he's 29 years old. Uh, I'm not drafting. There's no way I'm drafting a 29-year-old in the first round. Um, Probably not drafting a 29-year-old on my team. Wasn't mobile at all. He's playing a spread offense in college, and he didn't work out. Uh, Out of these past four guys, the only one who really – I mean, I guess Jordan Love has a chance to work out, but Daniel Jones is the only one who's shown to be better than his ranking. At number 36, I have Tim Tebow. Uh, He's athletic. He had good size. Should have played tight end. Um, Showed leadership, but worst throwing motion of any of these quarterbacks that we've uh, seen go in the first round the past 10 years. Played in a spread offense, easy offense under Urban Meyer. Um, he had okay arm, okay accuracy, but he wasn't a quarterback prospect. He should have been. Today, he's probably seen as somebody who's going to move to running back or tight end or wide receiver. Probably not wide receiver, but should not have been evaluated as a quarterback. 35, I have Kyle Trask, who's likely going to be picked in the first round this year. He's big, he's smart, he's slow. He is he's slow processor, he's got slow feet. He's just there's nothing special to him. I mean, he's he's a smart, he's a smart quarterback. He doesn't make a lot of bad decisions at something bowl games. Um but he doesn't have a good deep ball. It's, he I don't see him as a first round guy. <laughs> Number 34, I have Josh Allen, the elite quarterback for Buffalo Bills. I did not see, and I think we're going to see a little bit of a trend for me over the next couple of guys. Um, but I didn't see him coming out as even a first-round guy. He had an elite arm. He was elite. He was an elite athlete. But that's about it. He, as a passer, he had so many issues. Wasn't accurate at all. Uh, turned the ball over too much. Bad decision making. It was just way too raw to go in the first round. He ended up going in the top ten, and it worked out for the Bills. Um, 
but I did not have him evaluated very highly. Uh, number 33, Chargers fans, the pro- presumable rookie of the year this year, Justin Herbert. I did see him as a first-round guy, but an end-of-the-first-round guy uh, last year in uh, 2020. Elite arm, one of the best arms we've seen. Again, just like Josh Allen. Good touch, good athlete, but one of the most inconsistent players I've seen in college football over the past five, six years. Uh, Had fumble issues, too. He had times where he froze in the pocket way too much. He had too many... He was too inconsistent for me to see him as a first-round guy. And you're going to see at the top of uh, the list, some of these guys are just, like, they're consistent down to down to down. Um, At number 32, I have Mac Jones, who is going to likely be a first-round pick this year as well. Um, He's an intelligent, accurate passer. He just won the national championship yesterday. He's a composed, he's very composed in the pocket. He has an okay arm, nothing special about it, um, but he has no mobility. He's only, he's a one-year wonder. He's, he only has one year as a starter in college, and he didn't show me anything special. I mean, he doesn't make a bunch of mistakes, but he doesn't have any, like, much upside at all. I still, I see him as a first-round guy, but a late first-round guy. Uh, at number 31, I have Pat Mahomes. Uh, out of college, I have Texas Tech. Quick release, elite arm, just like Herbert and Allen. He, I mean, he's presumably the, presumably the best quarterback in the league now. Um, he can make every throw in the field. He was really athletic, but he's undisciplined, inconsistent, scrambles way too much, turns the ball over too much. <laughs> A thing for me when I'm evaluating quarterbacks is I want to see a guy, if you have the arm and you have the athleticism, that's a plus. And the top two guys at least have that. But more important for me is your ability to be accurate and your ability to make the right decisions with the football on a down-to-down basis. At number 30, I have Jake Locker, who went mid-first round in the early 2010s. He had a really good arm. He was really athletic. Um, but just like these other guys, he missed receivers sometimes. He's a really raw p- prospect as a quarterback. Um, number 29, I have Blaine Gabbert. Same thing. Act, he was he looked he was a really pretty thrower of the football. Um great arm strength. Uh, but he played a spread offense, and again, another raw quarterback who made mistakes too much for me um all those guys just big arms big athletes uh but not enough consistency for me to see them as a high-end first round quarterback at number 28 i have ej manuel the quarterback at florida state who was the one quarterback to go in the first round in his draft class extremely mobile special arm Again, lack of decision-making, lack of accuracy. Those are biggies for me. If you're coming out and those are your biggest issues, we've got problems. You, If you can't be accurate and make good decisions at the college level, I don't know if I can trust you to do that at the NFL level. And we're seeing only really of those guys who have those big arms but don't aren't accurate or 
were inconsistent. The only ones who have really worked out is Mahomes, Herbert, and Allen. Locker didn't work out. Gabbert didn't work out. EJ Manuel definitely didn't work out. I just need to see a little. I need to see more than just a big arm and an athleticism. At number 27, I have Ryan Tannehill, the former wide receiver and current starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. Had a really good arm coming out. He had a quick release. Uh, he was very accurate, very mobile. I mean, former wide receiver. Uh, he lacked that anticipation um, that you want to see on some of these throws. He had turnover issues. And, I mean, he, he had only played a couple of years. Um, or really one year as a starter at quarterback for Texas A&M. So you want to see a little bit more time as a passer uh, before you draft them super high. I probably, I would have had him ranked around mid first round uh, when he came out, but definitely a good quarterback prospect, not um, elite in any way, but he's worked out. Uh, number 26, I have Christian Ponder. He is a very accurate, quarterback who had great mechanics coming out of school um really average arm similar to jake Fromm, who ended up being a really late draft pick for the bills last year um really not a lot of downfield ability um and sometimes he would force throws even though he didn't have the arm to make those throws but in general very accurate smart quarterback um coming out of college and that's why i had him where he is Number 25, Lamar Jackson. The biggest thing for him, even over the um, elite athleticism, his development as a passer at Louisville over the years he was there was amazing. He got better every year, and he continued to do that in the NFL up until this year. Um, he had a really good arm, not a great arm coming out of school best athlete we've ever seen at the position honestly uh not extremely accurate coming out of school coming out of school uh not not really very accurate in any way um and he did have some turnover issues super skinny but that elite talent and you seeing the development as a passer um puts him above guys like ponder and Tannehill. At 24, I had Deshaun Watson. Really quick release coming out of school. Good ball placement, good arm. His issue is he just left the pocket too early. And he still does that, but, I mean, he's done great with it in the NFL. Um, he struggled in college to go through progressions. He would just lock on to one guy and throw it to him and not really go through his progressions to find an open guy. Um, and he scrambled too much, um, had a couple turnover issues, but uh, pretty good prospect at quarterback. At number 23, I have Carson Wentz. He had a great arm, really great arm coming out. Um, didn't do a lot throwing outside the – or he did do a lot throwing outside the numbers in college. Um, sometimes his processor was kind of slow, and we still see that. He'd be late on throws. Um, that were, were open, but then a couple of seconds later, they weren't, and he'd still throw it there. 
Um, he only had one full year as a starter, but he was a pretty good prospect. Probably shouldn't have gone number two, um, but he worked out okay for the Eagles. We'll see if his career gets fixed. Number 22, I have Mitch Trubisky. I know, ranked ahead of Watson and Mahomes. Uh, but at the time, everybody saw, everybody at in the 2017 draft thought it was Trubisky, it was Watson, it was Mahomes. That was pretty much a consensus if you go back and look at draft boards from that time. He had quick release, great mechanics, really athletic. Um, not like Lamar athletic, but a good athlete. The issues with him was he is a one-year starter um down like he was really consistent short but downfield like 20 yards 15 yards inconsistent uh he struggled to read a defense sometimes but he showed a lot of what you want to see from a young quarterback in that one year as a starter at North Carolina didn't didn't really work out number 21 Blake Bortles great size great mobility really accurate in college that's an issue that's an issue that really didn't show up until he got uh to nfl where he became less accurate um he was inconsistent at times but not nearly as much as some of those guys below him um he played in a spread offense at ucf which is always a knock on him but he had accuracy in decision making coming out of UCF. Not elite, but really good. At 20, Teddy Bridgewater, who went 32nd, uh, same year as Blake Bortles. Really intelligent, great decision making, good mobility. Um, not a lot, not a lot of inaccuracy, some, but like he wasn't elite at elitely accurate, but because he knew that he made great decisions with the football um skinny frame which ended up messing up messing him up down the line we're seeing that a little bit more with the panthers um and just just an okay arm nothing special to his arm but i like to see that great decision making that early in a player's career 19 johnny manzel johnny football uh extreme that was his his biggest trait was his mobility coming out of school he just was a playmaker um really good arm he liked to scramble just like Deshaun Watson but he did a little bit more of the football in college than Watson did kind of reckless because he trusted himself so much he's kind of small had some character issues but his his playmaking ability is just a step above everybody else who's been below him so far and he's another guy who ended up not really working out but um at 18 i have Dwayne haskins who went 15th to the washington former redskins now football team um uh in 2019 really accurate in his one year at ohio state good arm big guy but his issues was he was bad under pressure he had a couple turnover issues, and he was raw. He only had one year as a starter at Ohio State, which you don't love to see. And now he's out of the league. Um, number 17, Trey Lance, who's likely to be a top 10 pick this year. Elite arm, elite athlete, really good decision-making at North Dakota State. Um, 
only issues you see on his tape is a lot of the throws he's making are got are wide open guys. Like he's not making those one on one jump balls that you see from Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence. Um, he also didn't throw that much at North Dakota State, but when he did throw, he did really well. Last year, twenty eight touchdowns, no picks. At 16, I had Jameis Winston, who I know he went first overall in his draft, but I did not see him as even a top 10, uh, maybe a top 10 guy at quarterback, but borderline top 10. Um, Really good pocket passer in college. He doesn't have the mobility that some of these guys have. Really accurate. He had great arm. But the character concerns, all the stuff that came out about him at Florida State, you had to be worried about it. And then he just he showed a bunch of turnover issues um, in his second year at Florida State, which kind of dropped his stock for me. Because as a Heisman winner, uh, his first year, I was like, this guy has the sky's the limit for him. But he kind of came back down to earth his second year as a starter. At 15, I had Josh Rosen coming out of UCLA. Great anticipation, really good arm, really accurate coming out of UCLA. He was just too confident in himself and really kind of a cocky guy. Um, He was way too aggressive on some throws. He wasn't great reading a defense. He went through his progressions well. Like he went, this guy's not open, so I look at this guy. This guy's not open, so I look at this guy. But he wouldn't recognize what defense the – um team the opponent was in he also had injury issues coming out of college which we also saw in the nfl number 14 i have jared goff who was a first no was a number one overall pick um in 2016 he is really good under pressure at cal which is something he's not good at now had really good pocket presence um he could just like Rosen went through his reads really well. Um, but his he had some inconsistency with his ball location and accuracy. Again, not as much as a guy like Herbert, but it wasn't nowhere near perfect. Um and at times he struggled to read a defense. But that ability to be make plays under pressure consistently was what had him this high up here. Um Number 13, Sam Darnold, uh, who may not be a quarterback for New York Jets next season. Really quick processor at USC. Like, really good decision-making very quickly. Um, Showed really good anticipation at USC. Showed that playmaking ability that, like, when a play breaks down, he got out of the pocket, make plays downfield. He He was really good in the fourth quarter. Uh, had that clutch gene. He's really accurate. Um, had some turnover issues, some bad decision making, but the accuracy kind of trumps that. And how how good his processing was. Um, again, a little bit overconfident, like Rosen, because he's had so much talent. But um, the good outweighs the bad. I am. Backing up from my take that I had last week after looking at a little bit more film on Justin Fields, I have Justin Fields at 12 and not four. So that's that's a big slide for him. Um, one of the most accurate se- 
accurate guys we've ever seen in college football. Have, has a pretty good arm, pretty mobile, great deep ball, but his he just freezing in the pocket way too much on his tape. Like I knew it was a thing, but the more and more I watch, it's it that's a big issue for him. Also, he the way he plays in his, in the Ohio State scheme. He he's just waiting for receivers to get wide open. He is not throwing to guys who have to, like he's not throwing uh, anticipation throws. He's throwing to guys who are wide open. So similar to Trey Lance. At number eleven, I have Sam Bradford, the first overall pick in two thousand ten. Great accuracy coming out of Oklahoma. Really good arm. Really good height. Um, injury issues where the big red flag with him and ended up being what killed his career. Um, played a spread offense at Oklahoma. Just okay mobility, but really the big issue for him was injury issues. Really great passer, though. At number 10, Marcus Mariota. S- supreme athlete, really accurate, great arm. His issues didn't stay in the pocket, uh, similar to Watson, but he didn't have the turnover issues that Watson had. Played in a really easy offense at Oregon. Um, Sometimes his ball placement was inconsistent, but overall he was very accurate in college. Um, Number nine, Cam Noon. Great athlete, great arm, really good accuracy in college. The accuracy went down as he went to NFL. Played in a really easy offense at Auburn that kind of maximized his skills. Decision-making, eh. Also, the character concerns you never like to see, but he's a transcendent talent who was accurate. It's like Josh Allen if he showed accuracy in college. Let's finish this up. At 8, RG3. Elite arm, quick release. Really accurate quarterback, uh, elite mobility coming out of school. Uh, his only issues was that he was really skinny, which ended up kind of killing him in the NFL. Um, and also, he played a, really, a simplified spread offense where he didn't have to read the defense that much, um, which also was a issue for him in the NFL. But I think if he doesn't get hurt, he ends up being a probably a great NFL quarterback. At seven, Zach Wilson, who's likely the second pick in this year's NFL draft. Great arm, great playmaking ability. He's like Johnny Manziel, but he can make plays inside the pocket. Uh, Extremely accurate. Only issues for him, I feel like, is he's a one-year wonder. He only has one real year of production, and he's really skinny, so that's always something a little bit scary. injury issues wise but you have a guy like Andrew Luck whose injuries took him out of the league so and he has all the sides in the world so you never know um at six I have Kyler Murray great arm great accuracy great athleticism like top three probably top three top four in all of those categories for this for these guys issues tiny like tiny tiny he's like five eight um and only a one-year starter at Oklahoma, so you have those problems. But six isn't bad for him at all. At number five, at Tua Tagovailoa, 
extreme his biggest trait and still is his biggest trait coming out of college was extreme accuracy one of the most accurate quarterbacks we've ever seen um pretty athletic really good anticipation on his throws um in college he was very good under pressure as well not a great arm um also he had the injury issues with his hip so you don't like to see that but really good prospect great elite prospect coming out of college um at number four baker mayfield great under pressure at oklahoma great arm really athletic really accurate great decision making only issues lack of height the character concerns with stuff earlier in his college career um and he also played in a spread offense like kyler and like a lot of these guys um but the thing about him at oklahoma you see over and over again him making those big those big time nfl throws downfield not just those easy throws to wide open receivers that you see in a spread offense um at number three at joe burrow the first pick in last year's draft probably the most accurate quarterback prospect we've ever seen um great under pressure really quick release um really good anticipation his development to go from a guy who wasn't playing at ohio state uh to a pretty good starter in the sec to having the best college football season we've ever seen from a quarterback you really like to see that from a guy coming out of college um Proven winner, went undefeated, uh, won the national championship. Only issues with him, only one year of elite play. Like, you only saw one year of him being that greatest college quarterback in all of college. Um, and he only he had a just okay arm, not a great arm. Um, at number two, Andrew Luck. Elite accuracy, quick release. Great decision-making, very strong arm, um, pretty mobile for his size. And then, like, he he didn't really—he never won a national championship, so if that's a knock, that's a knock. But it's not the best arm we've ever seen. That's probably his only weakness. But all in all, one of the top four— um, NFL quarterback prospects of all time, probably. And number one, the future first overall pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence. The b biggest trait for him, man, is his poise. Since he was a freshman, he just looks like an NFL quarterback. Um, has elite arm up there with Mahomes and Josh Allen and all of them. Um, great under pressure really good mobility uh he's good add to the running game for whatever for the jaguars um and he really added to clemson's running game only only thing you can knock him for is that he trusts his arm a little bit too much which isn't a problem he's better than everybody else uh, he plays with and he doesn't make hardly any mistakes so he's allowed to trust his arm like that that is my rankings all 40 quarterback prospects uh sorry for the late upload had some technical difficulties last night uh but we should be it should be coming out 
on Wednesday. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for what's going to happen on this podcast. Um, we have should have a really good show Friday. Um, thanks for watching and God bless.